This is America on Par, a powerful punch of political punditry in a pithy podcast. I'm your host, Stephen Parr. Thanks for listening in. Thanks for tuning in. You're going to start hearing a lot more about Puerto Rico in the next few months and weeks. Reason is that the island is broke. And it's kind of ironic given the name Puerto Rico means rich port. Now, Puerto Rico has $70 billion in debt and they don't have the money to pay. At this point, the territory will start to default on its debt in May or June. Now, under U.S. law, states can file for bankruptcy when they can't pay their bills. But Puerto Rico can't because it's not a state. It's a U.S. territory, subject to most U.S. laws, but not fully able to grab the benefits of U.S. statehood. It's almost like a a sovereignty limbo. So what do you do? Puerto Rico doesn't have enough money to pay its bills, but it can't file bankruptcy and restructure its debt in court. It's a catch-22. So Congress is starting to get involved, and I'm sure that's going to solve everything. (laughs) Oh, Oh, I kid, I kid. No, there's already a problem with how Congress is going to get started on working on the problem even before the real problem can be addressed. It, It all starts in the Natural Resources Committee of the House. Why? Because that committee has control over the U.S. territories for some reason. I don't know. I'm sure it makes sense. Anyway, Republican Congressman John Fleming from Louisiana is on that committee. He's running for Senate in Louisiana, so he won't be in the House of Representatives next year one way or the other. Anyway, Fleming told Breitbart News, In all my time in Congress, no one has ever asked me to do something quite like this until last night. I was angry. All right, so what was Fleming asked to do? He was asked by the Republican leadership in the House to, quote, remain silent, refrain from asking for a recorded vote, or leave the room when the time for a vote regarding the upcoming Puerto Rico debt restructuring bill. Are you kidding me? So the GOP leadership in the House wants this bill to go through, and they don't really want any Republican to put his name or a stamp of approval on it. And that's why they asked for just an unrecorded vote coming out of committee. And they want it bad enough. They asked any of their Republican members who objected to simply leave the room. Go take a coffee break. All right, so what does the bill do? It gives the federal government a new oversight board, basically five unelected people who would have complete veto power over the government of Puerto Rico. That is the opposite of conservative principles. Local control is a conservative principle, and the leadership of the GOP should know that. Part of Puerto Rico's problem in the first place is that it doesn't have enough local control. It's not a state, and it doesn't have the power of the states, And it's ruled by the U.S. It's not a sovereign nation of its own. So it is bound by rules made in Washington that aren't in the best interests of the people living on the island. What do I mean by that? Let me give you a concrete example. Minimum wage. Puerto Rico is bound by federal minimum wage laws. The Fair Minimum Wage Act passed in 2006 and signed by Republican President George W. Bush 
raised the minimum wage from $5.15 an hour to $7.25 an hour. That's a 40% increase over a three-year period, which, by the way, just happens to coincide with the Great Recession. There's more correlation to raises in the minimum wage preceding economic downturns then there is increases in carbon dioxide leading to global warming. But hey, that's probably a topic for another day. Okay, so in the middle of the largest economic crisis in three quarters of a century, the cost for a business in Puerto Rico to hire an employee rises 40%. Now, if you're in Kansas and you're competing for labor with people in Nebraska or Oklahoma, and you all three have to pay the same wages for that labor, then the increase will be noticeable, but maybe not fatal. However, if you are trying to run a business on a Caribbean island and you aren't competing directly with Nebraska or Oklahoma, you're competing with the Bahamas and Cuba and Barbados and Haiti. You can pay workers in Jamaica or the Bahamas half of what you have to pay a worker in Puerto Rico for the exact same work. Half. And that is completely out of Puerto Rico's control. So after the hikes in minimum wage began to go up, Puerto Rico's GDP started to go down. According to National Review, it dropped by 7% between 2007 and 2013. Unemployment has increased. Before the minimum wage hike, it was about 10.5%. That's really high. And then after the hike went up, unemployment started to rise. Even from the high of 12.5, it began to rise. And that was before the economic collapse in 2008. Unemployment hit a peak of 17% in Puerto Rico in 2010. 17% unemployed. And that was after the rest of the U.S. had started to make a weak recovery. It's still over 12% today. Can you imagine you have 12% unemployment in your state? What would that be like? You can't afford to hire workers. You don't. That means people who could have been earning at least $3.50 an hour are now earning $0 an hour. That makes a debt crisis for the government of Puerto Rico even worse because people who aren't working aren't paying taxes, and you need tax income to pay off the government debt. Not only are those workers not working and not paying taxes, they are taking money from the coffers in the form of handouts and welfare. It's a double whammy. And it's all because central control in Washington, D.C., is killing businesses in San Juan in the name of a living wage. Puerto Rico is dying because of a living wage. And if Bernie Sanders is elected president, he'll double that so-called living wage to $15 an hour. It will cost you four times as much money to hire staff in your hotel in Puerto Rico than it will in neighboring Jamaica. Be honest with yourself. Would you pay four times as much money to go on vacation in Puerto Rico than you would to go to Jamaica or the Bahamas? No, of course not. Look, even if, even if Hillary is elected president, 
She's still promising to raise the minimum wage to $12 an hour. So your vacation to an American territory in the Caribbean will only cost you three times as much as a trip to any other island nearby. No wonder so many Puerto Ricans are voting with their feet and moving to Florida where they at least stand a chance of being able to get a job. Speaking of voting with their feet, do you know which states lose the most population to other states? Which state citizens are leaving in the highest numbers for greener pastures in other U.S. states? Do you know? California and New York. Do you know which two states have the highest minimum wage laws? That's right. California and New York. Those states are also deeply in debt. And as fewer and fewer people will be able to get hired because the cost of labor is artificially high, more and more will either take welfare handouts from the state government for unemployment or leave and pay their taxes elsewhere. It's going to compound the economic problems for two of our largest states. And that's going to occur over the next decade. Now, fortunately for California and New York, they'll be able to declare bankruptcy in 15 years because they are states. They are run by Democrats, but they're still states. Now, Puerto Rico isn't so lucky because it's not a state or an independent country. That means it's not allowed by law to solve its own problems. And so it's asking the federal government for help, and that means a bailout of one kind or another. And that's why the GOP leadership wanted a silent vote. Bailout is a bad word. Unelected oversight board are three bad words. The real answer to this is that the laws need to be changed. U.S. territories need to be able to have more control over their own affairs because Washington really can't solve their problems for them. This should apply to all U.S. territories. The same minimum wage laws that have damaged Puerto Rico's economy has essentially wiped out the private economy of American Samoa. If territories are allowed to go into debt, then they should be allowed to go into bankruptcy court, just like states and U.S. cities can. Territories should be exempt from federal minimum wage laws. Better yet, get rid of all federal minimum wage laws and let the labor marketplace do its job. Washington has contributed to this crisis by thinking it knew what was best for the people of Puerto Rico. And as usual, Washington was wrong and should return the power to the people and the places it has hurt the most so they can try and solve their own problems. Well, thanks for listening. If you like these podcasts, please share them with your friends on Facebook and Twitter. If you'd like to leave a comment, you can always do so on my website, americaonpar.com. I'm Stephen Parr, and I can still see old glory flying over me. I can see old glory flying over me. In the first light of the morning, I can see old glory flying over me.